Welcome to another episode of Bringing Down the Grindhouse, a podcast where we discuss horror and musicals. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Bringing Down the Grindhouse, a podcast where we discuss horror in media. And tonight, bare your fangs and unzip your pants as we dive into Interview with a Vampire. Gotta redo this whole thing. No, no, we're keeping that one. Sorry. He said, what did you say? Horror in musicals. No, 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 no. What did you say for the line? Something about taking off your pants. Uh, yeah, I was like, I was like, so bare your fangs and unzip your it's pants. It's basically what this movie's about. This is homoerotic so as fuck. both of fuck. these movies are about. Yeah, both of these great. Movies. Sexy gay vampires. A lot of, a lot of sex scenes, a lot of uh, gay tension. <laughs> and some music, too. And, you know, some, some music. music. We, with the, uh, you know, some of the... Uh, the episode we're gonna do next week which is queen of the damned which is basically new metal the movie wait are we in podcast yet are we now we are recording no this is understood i thought we were fucking around (laughs) no we're actually recording this is the booze now all right so my name is mitch (laughs) i'm mer i guess i'm justine (laughs) (laughs) this is so off rails i'm jonathan (laughs) (laughs) so if you guys are done fucking it up for everyone now let's move on wow Yes, we're keeping all this. So anyway, so we've got a Patreon set up. You can go check that out. It's pretty cool. (laughs) I can't, dude. I can't. We have a we have a a, a Teespring with our shirts on it. You can buy those if you want to support us. We're keeping that. If you you support the Patreon, you also get to recommend uh, movies for us to review, or games, or books, or comics, or insert media here, as long as it follows the horror theme. Anything else we got going on? Uh, so for a little context, this is a very special boozy episode of Bringing Down the Grindhouse. I mean, how else are you going to watch vampire movies? Uh, well, especially these because uh, they're really cheesy. They're like products of their time from the 90s <laughs> and the early 2000s. Yeah. So it's like it's exactly what you'd expect a movie to look like from watching specifically Interview with a Vampire, which came out in the 90s and had Tom Cruise in it, uh, which might be one of the most awkward castings I've ever seen for a vampire. One of the other draws that they definitely went for was... Anne Rice's book series, right. Vampire Chronicles, which is what Interview of the Vampire is yep. the first book, which follows the vampire Lestat and then Queen of the Damned. Is the third See, book. I didn't even know that those movies and books were connected until I <laughs> actually got the books themselves. And right. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Because I was watching Queen of the Damned. Like, don't I know another vampire Lestat? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, for one, the name has been used a whole bunch of times in popular media. But, but she ended up losing a lot of control of her her baby in going into the movies and stuff. They like didn't want her to be consulting on the movie for a lot of the time and made a lot of complaints and they sort of just stole the rights away from her. Uh, Warner Bros. did like a takeover of the company that owned the rights to all of her books to make them into movies. And she was not on board for Queen of the Damned when that was made. But she She, did help a little bit for an interview with the vampire and actually got the writing credit when it came out. She was really happy with how interview of a vampire came out yeah she's she very said, scared she like said it was a masterpiece of what like, really yeah she called it a masterpiece I mean, well she later time. said to forget it oh geez yeah okay so then she take it she takes it back well yeah she changed she kept changing her opinion a lot i mean when it first came out i imagine it was probably something really spectacular but in comparison to movies that have been coming out since then it's kind of cheesy but i do have to admit the costuming, the set design, the makeup, the hair. Yeah, it's a huge minus the budget. crap wigs are all extremely gorgeous. They did Antonio Banderas bad by giving him that wig. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was like some Spirit Halloween wig. Yeah. So something you should also know, I mean, I know that we're on a movie here, but something that we should know, because we have pending eroticism. Pending eroticism in this movie. Who do you mean pending? <laughs> pending. Oh, yeah. It's very much there, but we'll be. I meant we'll be discussing it later. So, But Anne Rice goes by a pen name in which she writes erotic fiction. Yep. Yeah. And the pen name is Anne Rampling. Nice. Or A. Hey, how seductive. I love the uh, descriptor for her. When you look her up, she's written Christian literature as yeah. well as erotic literature. Yeah, as well as erotic and you're like, Christian oh, and erotic all right. Literature. So, so I'm just saying, where is the Christian vampire erotic literature? <laughs> I want it all, all together. Roll it, all, roll it all together. I want this chaos. It would please. work. I People would love that shit. They, they Vampires would, they would that for up, yeah. Jesus fucking. That's what we're, we're at right now. Everybody okay. loves naughty Christians and naughty oh Catholics. It's true. Everybody yeah. loves vampires. Yeah. Everybody loves sex. Like, whoa, whoa. Especially naughty vampires. Ooh, well, naughty Christian <laughs> vampires. Oh, <laughs> Here, here's, here's the thing, though. Do you think like Anne Rice goes to like Thanksgiving... And then, like, her cousins or nieces are like, oh, yeah, that's the repressed aunt. Like, <laughs> Probably. Furiously right. Well, she's old things. as fuck now. She's, like, 79, I think. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's not even that old. That's old. No, nah, like, 90s old. Uh, buddy, Anne Rice is 79. That's what I said. That's what yeah. I just said. I, just, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> I what I just said that. I got, I got your back is what I mean. Oh, here. all right, then. Anne Rice is 79. <laughs> all right, Mitch, take a shot. All right. <laughs> yeah, time to take a shot. Yo. All right, going back a little bit. Yo, can we do a podcast drinking game? Jesus just Christ, let's not idea. do that. Let's not do that. Yes. No, go, every time go, you go, already go. belligerent enough with me drinking as it is. But I'll, um, I'll get the bottle, John. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> So uh, follow us on Patreon oh if you want God. a podcast drinking game. Entirely Woo! drunk. Uh, <laughs> Interview with the Vampire came out in 1994, so this movie's old as fuck. <laughs> I'm Is just it old as fuck? <laughs> it's old like as fuck. it's like 30, almost 30 years old. 26 years. You know. So are you calling Mitch old as fuck? We're, yeah, is yes, we're old. Right we now? are old. I, no, we are not old. In we're only 30. You're not 30's old. The new 20, bitch. In film no, terms, this is an old movie. Bro, I work with 80 year olds, oh right? And they say you fucking child, like. Ease up on your old speak, you know. Like, <laughs> <fuck it. laughs> your old. Speak. I had a heart transplant, a bitch. What the fuck did you do? Like that's like what they how they talk to me. It's like I went to college. <laughs> I went to college. <laughs> Damn, you work here anyway. <laughs> uh, fuck, I'm so derailed. Um, it was directed by Neil Jordan, who is most known for the movie The Crying Game, which is a movie that came out in 1992. He got to direct Interview with a Vampire because of that one. And that one originally won an award for the best original screenplay. I have a question for you. What's that? Have you ever seen The Crying Game? Yeah. It's a really good movie. Is it like, I don't know anything about this movie. Uh, <laughs> so like, is it just a it's, bunch uh, of people like playing a game? Oh my God. They all just <laughs> I walked to, like, right into that one. Cry each other? Like, is that what this is? I don't know. No, it's actually about a group of NRA members who kidnap a guy uh, for a... Uh, ransom but then one of the nra members ends up uh kind of feeling bad for the guy ends up talking more to him find out he has a girlfriend and then goes finds this guy's girlfriend and then gets into a weird romance with her and then Uh, has to figure out whether or not he's gonna like stay with her and tell her that he has her boyfriend like locked up so you're telling me that there's an nra member that cries yes and loves yes Whoa. Unheard of. (laughs) What a concept. I think that's a lie. That sounds like a lie. Yeah, it sounds like some fat bullshit to me, man. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm going to fact check you. Go ahead and fact check check me. Um, (laughs) I will say, though, 
there is the fun fact about how all the actors were like hung upside down and like spun around. Oh, yeah. for interview of a vampire. Yeah, yeah so they make them look all weird. So like all the the blood would rush to their head, and I know that Brad Pitt especially fucking hated shooting this film because of that. Well, he also hated shooting with Tom Cruise because he said that he was such an ass during filming. <laughs> oh fuck! Because he, he was like the like main star in the film, even though Brad Pitt was pretty famous at that point. Yeah. He felt like he was a bigger star than him. So that he was constantly like ignoring him on set and we really only talked to him when they were filming together. Jeez. And he's like, you suck as a vampire. Like, why are you in this movie? He wasn't even like the first choice. He kind of forced his way in because he got, he was like, people knew who he was and he was like, I want to be a vampire. And then got like a $10 million paycheck off of this movie, including getting a percentage of the profits from Whoa. the movie. So he, he got a lot of fucking money from this. What's funny is that him and Brad Pitt were, like, never in a movie together ever again. Makes sense. Because <laughs> he was like, I hate it filming with this guy. It was fucking awful. And then, like we mentioned earlier, Queen of the Damned is a standalone sequel for this film. Because it's based off of another one of Anne Rice's books. And I know that a good connector between the two is that Stan Winston did the effects for it. Yeah. So, like, he's, like, the guy that was known for, like, Terminator, Jurassic, Jurassic Park, Park, Alien. Like, all those classic yeah. fucking movies. And he's, like, a he's a big name in Hollywood. But he did both these movies for some reason. Uh, I mean, he probably just got approached and was like, you want to do some cool vampire effects? And he was like, yeah, fuck it. I mean, the costume design and the makeup's done really yeah. well. Oh, the, the, yes. all of that for this movie was well done because they had a huge budget for it. They so, had, yeah. they, what, what was the budget? Uh, they had a budget of $60 million. And they made $223.7 million at the box office. Ooh, Huge wow. commercial success, which is why they wanted to make the second and third film. But they did not make it in time and ended up losing the rights. Like shortly after, I think they made Queen of the Damned, which they completely ignored Anne Rice's like pleas to not make that movie because they kind of just loosely based it off of her shit. Yeah, I, I actually got the audio book for uh, Queen of the Damned, and as I was listening to it, I was like, wow, this is literally nothing like the movie. I mean, very loosely connected, but the whole intro, they skipped a lot of really interesting shit in the beginning. You get to see some of the other vampires yeah. get insight into this whole vampire coalition that's going on. The good news is that she has now obtained the rights to her books again and is going to make a TV show. Oh, shit. That is pretty cool, and I'm very excited for Mrs. Rice. However, I would like to say that I really enjoyed Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt's acting in this movie as vampires. I agree. Really? They were very, yeah. very dramatic. Oh, okay, yeah. It really, like, it really played up the I way. did not like Tom Cruise at all. It felt like movie. play, like a play. Yeah, right. yeah no, definitely. honestly, like, I think Brad Pitt was very true to his character. Like, his acting was pretty on point and not over-the-top cheesy. And Tom Cruise, on the other hand, I don't know. It was like he was literally in a play. But, like, you can't really necessarily do play acting for film acting. There's definitely a difference there. Well, it's considered a gothic horror film, which includes a lot of theatrics. So it makes mm -hmm. sense that he would act like that. But to me, it felt really melodramatic sometimes. But I, people loved it. They liked this movie a lot. Because people I mean, like long-haired vampires. Yeah. <laughs> and he's blonde. Thing, you don't see blonde vampires either. That's fair, actually. They're all channeling their inner Peter Steele. That's what they're doing here. Okay, right. tell me why, though, when that vampire Armand showed up, I was like, who put Peter Steele in this movie? Oh, <laughs> my God. Legit, Antonio Banderas is like he was just a big typo fan. I yeah. love him in this movie, but oh, he's man, great. that wig. Yeah, that wig. <laughs> yeah. I was so well, mad. Who was the little girl? She's like super famous. Kirsten now. Dunst. Yeah. This was her, her debut in a film. They freaking scouted her at the age of 11 for this film. She was 
phenomenal. Yeah, yeah she was. Great. She even won an award for being the best supporting actress in like one of her first roles, which is why she just blasted off after that. As a child, <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. They did, they did such a good job with this movie. They really did. Like, getting, I was like, convinced he was an adult. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like getting just like. I mean, they got the casting really well. At least I thought, thought the casting was really good. Like, they did a really good job of building up the plot. They did a really good job giving you all the information you needed to know. Everybody in the story felt like they had their screen time. Yeah, that's true. And they had enough different... Uh, there was, So there was, like, definitely a... Um, how to explain it? There was this idea of time passing. Like, how much time they actually spent together was really relevant in the movie with all of the different stories that happened. And then Lestat, like, coming back after being poisoned, basically, is you, great and seeing yeah, him come no, back it, like it, that. It was awesome. And then when you know that it took him 10 years to come back. Right. So, like, after 10 years, imagine your, like, buddy was like, remember you drained me in the swamp? Yeah. And, like, comes back to, like, murder your ass and cause a whole <laughs> bunch of problems. And then, and then still, gets lit on fire. Still alive after that, too. Well, that's yeah. the thing. It's, like, old school, like. New Hampshire or Massachusetts? I can't say the Mass- state. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. New Orleans. New Orleans, too. that's what New it is. New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, it starts with a beautiful, like, plantation and shit like that. But then, like, I like the idea that the Brad Pitt eats rats because he doesn't like to kill humans. Yeah, you had the two different types wait, of wait, vampires. Wait, wait, wait. Can we backtrack real quick? Did yeah. you put beautiful and plantation in the same Okay, but here, here's all I'm saying, though, <laughs> is the fact Okay, those trees, the weird trees that hang down. You're talking about the the landscape. Yo, the Brad landscape. Pitt freed the slaves. And that too. <laughs> he freed the slaves at the end of that whole arc. <laughs> he okay, did. So he let's, did. Give, him, yeah. let's I, give him props. There's, props there's a type of tree that only grows at those plantations that like hangs down. And there's like crocodiles. Yeah, it's all in the bayou. Yeah, like the bayou stuff. I like I like bayous. I do like the bayou. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then the plantation burns down. They had a completely different perspective on that. You were telling me about it earlier, Justine. Yeah, when I was uh, listening through the book of Interview of a Vampire, I actually didn't finish it. I should finish it. But um, they spoke of the slaves a lot more revered than they did of the, you know, uh, the other film. people. The, oh. the aristocrats. Slave owners, the aristocrats. They made a mention not to call them as slaves because they are not slaves. They are the enslaved people. They, they weren't born as slaves. They were made into it. Jeez. And that's not who they are. They also, uh, because of their culture, are more aware of like uh, spiritual things, maybe a little more superstitious, some people would say. But given that, they're a lot more intelligent than the aristocrats were and able to recognize things. They were the first to suss out who the vampires were and figure out what was going on long before everyone else got wind of it. Well, that's the thing. There's like this, like, um, there's like s- sort of a subplot, like the, the enslaved people know like the the signs and and tells of vampires so much so that like their white owners or or traders would not know so they they kind of like there's like that little bit of voodoo also behind it too like they like i know the woman who's working at the tavern immediately gets drained and then like after they find out it's all a whole big thing but the thing is they know when people are undead and and not Mm -hmm. they also tied it into some of the narrative apparently uh lestat preferred people who who were of like the creole descent yeah because he was like that's like the best kind of blood and you're like oh they have better blood because they eat better food (laughs) they season their shit and apparently eating a rat didn't taste very good yeah that or at least that's what uh his complaint was i imagine rats taste a lot like aristocrats do Uh, (laughs) no he said oh that's funny (laughs) well he did say that he loved eating evil people because supposedly they tasted better so like that old lady who uh killed one of her slaves 
he was like, oh, she's going to be great because she's one of these pompous old people. And he, so he loves hunting amongst the rich people and killing them. I mean, they also love just turning on their prey right before yeah. diving in. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. This was such I'm a, about like, to dive in. Okay. <laughs> like, right, adding let's... so much eroticism to the vampirism of them, like, seducing them, and they're yeah. very attractive. Bruh, you can't have neck biting without sex. I'm just saying. <laughs> but here's the thing, though. My one of the funniest parts of the movie is when they get like hookers in like a very fancy hotel, right? And it's just like I'm gonna suck your titty, but I'm not sucking your titty. Yeah, exactly. I'm biting your boob. <laughs> the boob bite is one of the best parts of that whole scene. Oh my to be god! Quite honest. Titty go pop. Oh yeah, my god! god. <laughs> Blood, exploding boobs. But also, I have to say that the intro. The intro where Brad Pitt was like, I lost my wife and I lost my kid. And then the guy's like, you're cheating at this game. Prepare to die. He's like, fucking do it. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> Pulls his shirt open and everything. It's so dramatic. People are like, yes, Brad Pitt chest. This is what I signed up for. That's what I signed up for. Shit. <laughs> uh, what's, what was interesting was for the casting for Lestat. Uh, they had so many other people in mind. Uh, the uh, writer, Anne Rice, actually had a European actor named Alan Deloyne for the role and he was a really famous person in europe for being an icon during like the 60s and the 70s as being like the sex symbol on screen and so she really wanted him to be like an older vampire but they refused because he wasn't that popular in the united states Mm -hmm. and then they considered having john malkovich peter weller and jeremy irons who would have been amazing for that (laughs) but jeremy irons would have tore that shit he would have been so good as that role so dope oh my god um and then she even suggested that brad pitt and tom cruise switch roles just to kind of alleviate that (laughs) the 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 way that he was acting that character honestly i feel like tom cruise would have made a better lestat because i don't know when i think of lestat No, when I think of Lestat, I think of, like, that unhinged bad boy, you know? And I feel like Brad Pitt brings more of that energy than Tom Cruise does. Right. Tom Cruise is sort of like that awkward hero, you know? Yeah, that's true. He is kind of awkward. I mean, she did lament afterwards that he did an okay job and that it wasn't an absolutely... okay job. It wasn't absolutely terrible. She even so called him. So you're telling him. me he was mediocre. Yeah, she had... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's Tom Cruise. But uh, what she actually did really like was Brad Pitt's character. John, who doesn't like Brad Pitt? John, I do all my own stunts, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I just keep thinking of all the interviews he does for Mission Impossible where he's like, I do my own stunts. And where they're like, okay, that's cool, but we're talking about something else right now. It's like, did, did you hear, though? That, you know that flip that I did? The only I one that's that. super impressive is the one where uh, he holds his breath for like four minutes or something like that in uh, one of the Mission Impossible oh. movies. Other How did than he that, not go like, brain dead? He like trained for it. It was, it was a whole thing. He has like a... 40 minute long interview where he explains that it's <laughs> just just that <laughs> yeah yeah exactly that's just that um the uh guy who interviews him at the beginning the reporter or whatever he is was supposed to be a uh, river phoenix but he died before he could do the um the role on film so instead they got christian slater who actually donated <laughs> all of his salary from this movie to one of his favorite foundations, one of River Phoenix's favorite charitable donations. Damn. So he decided that in honor of him and because he was cast so late, he wouldn't take a dime from it, which is really good. That's for him. honorable. Right? It's like, oh shit. So that guy made no money on that, even though he, I mean, he wasn't in it that much, but still. You know, smoke a cigarette, ask a question. Yeah. You know, he was asking a few questions. Uh, this is one of the 
cases where a really big movie won a Razzie or a Golden Raspberry Award, which is usually given to very terrible movies. And it was for the combination on screen, worst screen combo for Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise. <laughs> they think they did not work well together at all. Uh, they, nobody went to pick up the award, though. <laughs> you, could, you could absolutely tell, too, kind of, that they're having a role. I thought they just both did well. Yeah. You could definitely tell there was some tension going on there. They didn't quite have that well, my maker chemistry. It was more like we're being paid to be in a movie together. Yeah, so exactly. We're going to be here's in this movie together. In the movie, they have different dichotomies. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I'm pissed off at you. Well, shit, I, I just don't like you behind, well, the, behind this movie. So, like, I'm going to be pissed on more on screen. True. Did you say pissed on more? Yeah, he said pissed on. <laughs> oh, so it's that I mean, kind of movie. This movie was definitely gay. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, they had so one of the things about it too was that there was supposed to be a part of the story where Louis changes into a woman, and she purposely made it so that he does not, so that the film would in fact be very gay and have <laughs> and have homoerotic uh, overtones on it. I mean, she say I she- mean the moans during the wrist sucking. <laughs> right? Oh Come yeah. On. Oh, they suck oh. that wrist. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. yes. They were into it. No more. No more. Yeah. Oh, stop. No more. Can you imagine everybody on set are just like <laughs> leaning we, over, we... like, oh, okay. Homeboy in the corner got an uh, awkward you... boner. Yeah. Uses his papers to He's cover like his holding crotch. the boom mic, trying to. <laughs> like, like, what, what, the fuck, what did I sign up for? You know, one told me this was a porno. Like, what the fuck? Because he's got that in his ears. Like, he has the headphones right. on. And he's yeah. just like, oh. 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 <laughs> But uh, you were telling me it wasn't if there was a female Louis, wasn't it supposed to be played by Shane? Yeah. So if they actually had done it and changed him into a female character, who would have been cast for it? It would have been Cher. <laughs> that would have been, yes, yeah. been amazing. Do you believe she was supposed to help make a uh, song, too. Uh, this is the second time I'm making this point. Oh, my gosh. All right, go for it. So what we really know now is that Tom Cruise. No, no, not not Brad, Brad Pitt. <laughs> Brad Pitt. Alternate ego is Cher. Yeah, if you had to really know what the official version would be, it'd be Cher. All right, so just so you guys all know, Cher is Brad Pitt because that's uh, that's who they wanted to cast really badly, and she was supposed to make music too for the film, but they did not ever you hire know, her. Why would the fuck would you get Cher to make a movie for what the fuck? I have a question for you though. If I could turn back time, you know, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck. What the fuck is she going to do in this goddamn movie? John. Yes. Do you believe in love after love? (laughs) Do you believe in love after love? I hate all of this. After love, (laughs) I can feel something inside inside myself. I love how much y'all know Cher songs. That was our jam. Literally. Yeah, yeah. Every time we would get in the car, we would play it. It didn't matter whose car it was. Oh, my God. <laughs> On the way to podcast. <laughs> Just hearing that synth line. Din, 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 din. <laughs> Just like. <laughs> and we digress. <laughs> Holy shit. So what we know now is that, I mean, we already repeated this fact. So okay. moving on. <laughs> good point Brad Pitt all right Cher, it's all we need to know but we gotta talk about how kirsten dunst was in this movie and she's 11 it's she was nuts. so good she was so good really good but i couldn't get over the fact that she's a child and she's just cuddling with grown men and it was weirding and me she out. even kissed one that's true she did it weirded me out but the thing is she's at like she's been stunted at growth well, at first it wasn't weird. It got weird when she was older and then got like the crazy bloodlust. 
and then was acting like an adult. And I'm like, I don't know how to feel about this. Well, like, she's, she's always had the blood. Bugs. Well, her character is supposed to be older, but it's still an 11 year old actor. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. It's still weird. Well, I mean, it depends on how you look at it. Because you could look at it in a way as that these grown men took in this child and is right. now like... Well, they always mention Not necessarily holding her captive, but yeah. kind of keeping her as a pet. But at the same time, uh, you got to think about Louis and how in yeah. the beginning he lost his wife and he lost his kid. And yeah, he so took it was like in a this new girl kid, yeah. Because he felt bad for her because he saw this woman... And this dead woman with her child weeping next to her, and he probably like had some sort of sense of empathy. Like I know what that must. Well, he feel ended like. up biting her and then regretting it and had to take well, her back. Well, because she was dying, and he wanted to save her, and in that way he gained himself the kid that he never had. And then they got the or really, the kid he lost. Really short roommate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'll say this: she kills it as a murderer. I love, yeah. I love the yeah. scenes of her playing piano like a god, and then immediately, like her piano teacher's dead on the fucking. That was seat. the funniest bit because they were like, "Not in the house." <laughs> they were like, "You need to get these people outside." She, she's, it's so funny because like everyone's like, "Oh my god, you're such a sweet little girl. Like, let me buy you a dress." Yeah. And she's like, yeah, please. And then she just takes them in and you see coffins, literal coffins of kids and women just leaving the house. Right. That's It was it was fucked Honestly, up. Honestly, she was the real star of the movie. Yeah. She <laughs> killed it. Which is really good. Literally, Literally, she killed it. Hey, but the secret underground vampire fucking club. <laughs> <laughs> that shit's so funny to me because like when he goes to actually destroy them after a fucking intense scene of them killing Kristen Durrance. And the fucking oh, woman. right, yeah. yeah. I was like, how the fuck do vampires kill vampires? I was like, wait, there's a million ways. Never mind. Uh, they're like, yeah, we're just going to roast you alive. No big deal. That sounds horrible. <laughs> it is kind of funny, though, that they always put a lot of emphasis on them being immortal. And I'm like, but what about the sun? That's true. They could have just That's left them tied up outside. That's way to kill a vampire or just burn them. Yeah, burn well, them. Well, the heart. Stat. Well, you could do the blade route where you have the ultraviolet lights. Ooh. That works, too. But, you know. They were in like olden times. Whoa, whoa, let's not try to mesh our mythologies <laughs> here, okay? Because theirs are different well, universes. In Interview with the Vampire, you can't kill them with the steak or garlic. There you go. Which you can in Blade. So, difference. Apparently, you still need a coffin, though. They needed to sleep in a coffin. Yeah, they didn't if, explain why. They just said you needed one. If I make a cross out of a shotgun and a piece of wood, does that count? Does not work. <laughs> in fact, <laughs> Louis likes looking at crucifixes. That's yeah, one that's, of his lines, which fucking is weird. Great. <laughs> I don't really know. He's like, I'd rather enjoy looking at them. You're like, okay. In this how, weird, how, empty room where you invited me to have an interview. How do you feel about uh, coffins? I love coffins. I think in the book, I might be remembering this wrong, but Louis was like a devout Christian man before he became a vampire. Oh, that might be why. Yeah, that, make, that explains like, this it. This reminds me of my past life. Yeah. So the, the thing with like movie translations from books is when I was, they're going to leave out details or they're not going to show you every... Because books have time to set up a narrative. They right. have time to explain... Oh, Louis was a Christian yes, man yeah. before, but movies yeah. are never gonna set that up. No, so it actually is impactful if you've seen, if you've read the book, like just yeah. right. has. When you watch the movie, you're like, oh, it's because he was a devout yeah. Christian. That's why he actually likes looking at Christian. You can, add, you can fill in you the know. blanks for some of that. Yeah, exactly. That makes sense. Kind of cool. I agree. Hmm. Well, uh, I would guess that the books are much better. Didn't she oh, say yeah. they have like a Everyone more explanation for like their motives and why they want to yeah, do certain things? Definitely, especially in Queen of the Damned, which we'll we're going to talk about in a later episode. Yeah. But next week's episode. Yeah. I, I would recommend if you think the movies are cheesy, but you like vampires, please read the books because <laughs> the books are incredible. They go into a lot more detail. Yeah. And Rice everything. is a really good author. <laughs> like, and those books are long. 
like i think the Ooh. audio recording i had is like 18 hours or something like that so you know she's a good author when she can write erotic literature and regular mainstream literature and have them both be successful yeah <laughs> but, but i mean i mean but justine how erotic is interview with a vampire pretty though? erotic it's yeah it's pretty erotic yeah. you got i remember Jesus. being like really young and my mom i was like talking with my mom about vampires or something and she was like well if you like vampires when you're older you might like this book interview of a vampire she was like but there's a lot of naughty stuff in it paraphrasing of course but <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of fucking in that book kid there is right? a lot oh of fucking God. and it's great yeah wonderful <laughs> wunderbar i mean this is probably one of the quote-unquote sexiest vampire movies i've ever seen yeah there really isn't too many others maybe like um what's uh god I, i'm blanking out the girl who wears all latex um and That's she she dates suggested. like a she dates like a werewolf boyfriend. Oh fucking! Why I'm afraid of Underworld. Name? Underworld. Right? Underworld yeah. is probably yeah. gonna compete with it as far as like sexiness goes. As far as movies go, I'm and definitely have to like rewatch those. Yeah, I'm those, saying though, if you like sexy vampires, uh, yeah. the TV series are where it's at. Like the originals and True Blood, oh, sexy Christ. vampires. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, True Blood is literally just porn. What with vampires? With blood. <laughs> with, yeah, exactly. It's porn and vampires featuring yeah. Lafayette. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. The That's star weird. of the actual show, well, yeah. Lafayette. Here's the thing, though. And like, that annoying girl with the gap tooth. Anyway. Like, vampires. Sucky. Were, <laughs> vampires were never blonde. Yeah, they're, they're always they're dark usually dark haired. So like that's I'll give points to Tom Cruise for being a blonde. Same with Brad vampire. Pitt's character. And then finally, like I th- I believe he was like the antithesis for Alucard in the Castlevania series. <laughs> He's such a whiny you know, bitch, so that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite Tom Fuck Cruise. My lines. dad. <laughs> from this one is when the interviewee is leaving and he's driving away and then Lestat appears in his it's car great. and it's just like have you are you sick of this whining i've been listening to that for centuries <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes i was like yes dude that was like a good moment like a good character moment just being like i'm annoyed with this asshole like goddamn we should talk about how kristen dernst's character fucking just slices his neck and then they burn down a fucking building that supposedly was like one of the uh state-of-the-art cgi or or uh, special effects scenes because they cut to an animatronic that had like all these weird things in it which is why he looks kind of wonky when he's yeah, like he bleeding out <laughs> and it's just because they uh they had made an animatronic just for that scene and then cut to it i'll give a good fucking i'll give a good fucking kudos to like when he destroys all the vampires just putting gasoline or alcohol right. all over them yeah. and then i straight i believe they just straight up had like a te- like a seesaw or a teeter-totter and just started launching things that was great <laughs> was like, oh i'm out of my coffin and i'm fucking dying i'm burning over here <laughs> boom 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 <laughs> it was so comical but so good the intro to those characters is also weird because they're like having a play where they're pretending to be humans pretending to be vampires and then actually commit like the changing of someone to a vampire on stage or just straight up like public murder yeah without the people knowing that they're murdering yeah, yeah. i just wonder clever. if how that's how they got everybody in their coven is they brought them on stage and then turned them into the vampire and they're like well you don't know what you're doing so you're gonna have to stick with us sorry probably although i could see why it would be a bad idea to turn that many people because then you have to maintain all of that and it's just too many people. Positions of power. Yeah. yeah. You know, you have like a hierarchy of some Fucking sort. Fucking vampire politics. And that's yeah. the thing. And then we'll you, we'll talk more about vampire politics and Queen of the Dam because there is right. a like a slight hierarchy in that fucking movie. Well, they definitely emphasize it more in that movie. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, so obviously Antonio Banderas' character, which I forget his actual character name. Uh, what was the character name for him? Armand. Armand. He was like the leader. So he must have been a little older. Mm-hmm. But uh, I loved all his costumes. He had like the fancy reds on all uh, of his yeah. costumes. Yeah. Yeah. He great. was like the most purest of the ancient boys. <laughs> yeah, of he's very suave. <laughs> super like, super like in there. I'm the fucking head honcho of this house. Listen up. Having a play where he's the star. What a dick. He was that kind of vampire. So he was kind of doing what Lestat does later on in Queen of the Dand, where he's like, I want to be like adored mm-hmm. and makes his own band and shit. So I enjoyed that aspect of it. Did you guys have any favorite scenes from Interview with a Vampire? I got to go with the launching scene. It's just too good. <laughs> it was kind of comical. Yeah. On, on, honestly, I have to agree that the launching scene, but then there's also the boob biting scene. <laughs> Please so tell I'm us about the boob. over my love of gore and my love of boobs. It's a good point of view. And then one of them, it's a good point of view. Mar, do you have a point of view for boob biting? Oh, this is so horny. It's fucking crazy. It, it is. is. <laughs> this is a very horny movie. Yeah, yeah it, it's, this, this movie wants to fuck. Rule 34 you know, has really probably had a fucking it. field day with this movie. Every every day. <laughs> There's your point of view. I mean, we need to drink and record podcasts more often, honestly, because the idea is just coming out of me. <laughs> See, this is why I suggested it. Look at all. Yeah, yeah. look at it. We're so, we're so bubbly. I'm completely wow. sober. <laughs> we're so no flowy. I don't, don't lie to them, John. No, no for He's real. a tank. Oh, he's, no, actually, like, I drink a lot. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. It takes like a bottle to get him drunk. Uh, we're maybe, like, I don't know if it's like a whole bottle. But <laughs> <laughs> Not a whole <laughs> bottle. Yeah. What, well, do it. Did Justine, did you have your favorite scene? Yeah, did you have your favorite scene? Uh, it was more of like a favorite moment. Is I really like the montage scene with the little girl when she was like coming up into her vampireness. Oh, yeah. And they started with like her getting her dress fitted and then just like fucking killing the dressmaker and then doing the piano lessons, killing the piano man. I don't know. There was something that was just, it was very lighthearted, but also very dark at the same time, which I really enjoy that kind of juxtaposition she had going on. Because in one way, she's completely innocent to her nature as a vampire. But on the other hand, she also is a vampire, which is considered to be something very evil. But she doesn't see it as such. She's really just living. And I love that. It's told in like that interview style. Just like, yeah, we trained her how to do it. And she did it. And you're seeing it in real time with like the music flowing and just right. like coffin after coffin after coffin. It's yeah. like, oh, she's a badass already. And I'm sure if she had been allowed to live for longer, she probably would have taken over everything. Yeah, which would have been interesting because she's a child. So it's like, or she's the size of a child at least. And it's not often that you see vampires being children. <laughs> yeah, that's the true. The only actually. other time I've seen that was like was like what we do in the shadows when he goes to like a vampire convention. Yeah, and then there's the little girls that show up, and he's like, "Oh, I'm actually caregiver for these. Uh, they're a thousand years old." You know, I feel like it kind of has to do with like the sex yeah. appeal of vampires is that you wouldn't want to have a kid in the mix because that kind of like ruins the sex appeal unless you're a fucking creep. But then also I think of <laughs> things like Twilight because I actually did read the Jesus Twilight Christ. series. But in Twilight, the Vampire Coalition had a rule against making children vampires. Yeah. Yeah, because they didn't want that uh, that's, scenario to happen. That's totally a thing in like vampire law, according to different mythologies and whatnot. Even what yeah. they do in the shadows is like that too. I think it's also because cool like you can tell a adult what to do, and they can use their logic and reason to understand why they shouldn't do something. But as a child, if someone tells you not to do something, <laughs> you're gonna do it anyways just to figure out what will happen. And that's why children as vampires are dangerous. You're more prone 
to natural inhibitions as children because you don't have the understanding of, oh, if I do the thing, then someone dies. You don't yeah. care about that because you're yeah. bloodlust. Let's yeah. rock. Wow. Wait, I have a question. It's kind of like a baby scorpion. If, if she was, <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? If she was turned as a child, does that mean that her intelligence is, like, capped? Like, she can... Oh, no, 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 no. She can still... No, because they say that she is, like, an, an older person, but just in a smaller body. But you know what I mean? Like, physiology, like... Well, uh, technically she's dead, so I guess it doesn't really matter. The funniest but thing, her to body me, doesn't yeah. change at all. She's stuck in the yeah. form. But you know how some, turned. you know how like when yeah, you're like a kid, they say you're like, like you turn 25, that's when your brain starts. Yeah, to stop exactly. Growing. That's what I'm saying. Is she like capped because she's 11? I feel like it's different for vampires. I mean, yeah. I don't know yeah. vampire logic, but if you can live <laughs> a thousand years and become a different person yeah, at the I'm end sure, of those yeah. thousand years, I'm sure it'd be the same for a child. Right. Because children can understand just as much as adults can. It just depends on the environment that they're nurtured into. Yeah, Lestat turns into well, a new bad old family. And sometimes <laughs> how, how is it explained to a child as well? Like the idea. But yeah. what you were saying earlier makes sense where uh, they wouldn't, if you get turned as a child, chances are that you're not going to really have any restrictions on anything. Like, they even spoiled her, too, where she could get pretty much whatever she wanted. Yeah. That, that and, must suck, though, because yeah. you're capped at the age of a child. So you're going to get fucking fuckload of toys over a yeah. thousand years. I mean, exactly. And, and then she even has, like, covets other body types and whatnot yeah. in the movie itself yeah. because she, she wants, wants to, to be those yeah. grown-up women and stuff like so that. So she may potentially not have any sort of sexual relationships with anybody because it, uh, it would just be pedophilic I at mean, that point. And I, yeah. don't, I don't even think that it, it, it stems from, like, a sexual... She just wants to be in a Adults. Right. She wants yeah. to have that experience, and so she never. She gets wants to be revered in a certain respect that yeah. adults get. Yeah. Then, you know, when you look oh, at a child, yeah. you treat a child that like a sense. child because they look like a child. How do you feel, like, oh hi, you're such a sweet little girl. You're like, I've been through this a thousand. Yeah, times. for real, I get um, really annoyed. Yeah, I'm real sweet. Slit your fucking throat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it's like kills them. But here's the thing: you can't get a drink, can't have sex. Like, it's. I believe the point of her getting killed. It's kind of just like, yeah, you shouldn't make kid vampires. Yeah, it don't do that. It was almost merciful, even though it was sad to see her go because she was such a badass. Yeah. But in a way, she was saved from a very miserable life. Yeah, that's true. And could you imagine being a kid for the rest of your I life? I could not. I would hate that. <laughs> even even Louis, the char- Brad Pitt's character, even says that he doesn't want you know, the interviewee to actually have the interviewer, excuse me, the interviewer to become a vampire where he like says, is this really like what you want? Yeah. Why would you listen to this story and then say, be like, yeah, that's what I want. Yeah. I really want this, this fucking anguished, torturous existence that you have right now. Great. (laughs) Uh, That's why he just ends up leaving. He's like, whatever. (laughs) It's really a matter of perspective here. Can't can't die from lung cancer. Fucking idea what it's like to be a vampire. And then the actual vampire being like, it's not that fucking great, dude. Calm down. Well, I will say this. Kristen Dunst said, after she kissed Brad Pitt, she was so just grossed out because she thought Brad Pitt had cooties. <laughs> That's so awesome. Ew, cooties. That's so awesome. Oh my God. She was like, ew, gross. Brad Pitt has cooties. So it's also confirmed not only is Brad Pitt also Cher, but he does in fact have, have cooties. cooties. Yes. It's been, com- it's been confirmed. This it's has confirmed. been a special insider yeah. report oh from Bringing Down the Grindhouse. Yeah, You're welcome, bitch. Yeah. So watch out for Brad Pitt, his cooties. And he's also sharing. Oh, my God. Well, then, with all of that, what would be your final ratings for the film? Y'all are going to hate me, but I'll probably give it an eight. Nice. I mean, as cheesy and ridiculous well, as We all was, enjoyed this. I, I, I'll give it I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Yeah, it's, a I good, it's an entertaining movie. Aesthetically, it was gorgeous. And yeah. even though they can't put everything that's in the book because it's a long book, 
I think that they did a pretty good job at telling the story for what it was. This fucking movie is such a good goddamn vampire movie. Like, legit. They've got good character development, actual moral qualms. That's true. Some good, like, backstory, like, some back and forth. They've got some good performances from everybody that's in here. Like, like, very solid performances. The writing is not atrocious at all. It doesn't make me go, oh, my God, why the fuck did they put that there? (laughs) Um, And it it just does a really good job of, you know, telling a vampire story without being too cliche, I would say. If there is a definitive vampire movie from the 90s, yes, Mitch. I give it an eight, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) After that long spiel, yeah. I'll give it to this one. But did Blade come out in the 90s? Uh, No, 2000s, right? No, it was 2000. Actually, I don't know. I had to look it up. See, here's the thing. Like, If Blade came out in the 90s, then they're both contenders. But if not, this is the 90s vampire movie you want to see. Blade came out in 1998. Okay. So they're contending. They're fighting. But uh, I say anything past 97 whoa, is the 2000s. Whoa. Yeah. Blade, you're looking for a different thing with Blade. Yeah, you're looking yeah. for violence and killing vampires, and that's it. And Wesley yeah. Snipes being badass. You know. And a story. No, see, that's the thing. I'll give it to the set design, characters. I enjoyed it. Yeah, Blade's more of an action hero. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, but, I like but it. But I love Blade, so. I'll give this an I'll, 8. I'll, I'll, I I'll think give this, Blade a better rating. I think this is a solid movie. I saw it like two months ago, and then I saw it again. I got to say, I still enjoyed it. Even on a second watching. Uh, I think this movie is highly entertaining, even though at some point I thought it was very melodramatic. But that's just because I'm looking back on it. And so it's like it's, it was good for the time. And I feel like that's kind of the point. But that was, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, They're very the extra. Point. They're dramatic. They yeah. want to be the center of attention. Absolutely. So it makes sense that they would be these overly. I think they even make fun of each other at some point where like he's afraid to kill someone. Louis doesn't want to kill anybody. And Lestat is just making fun of him where he's just like, you're going to be like this forever. Like, it's fine. Like, you'll get over it. Yeah. He's like, stop being so dramatic. Like, especially when he uh, kills like the poodle. Is being so dramatic. It's like, yeah. And he's just like, oh, no, like, I didn't do anything. He's just like laughs at him when he picks him up and pushes him against the trees. Like, what are you going to do? You can't kill me. Like, relax. And then just continues to mock him through like the rest of it. And he's like, you know what? You guys are getting tiresome. I want like new people to hang out with. So it's like, it's all enjoyable. I'd probably give it like an eight or like an 8.5. You know, you know what else that, that whole scene with the poodle tells us about Brad Pitt? He doesn't like dogs. No, he's not a fan <laughs> of G milfs. She was old. She even says it. She's like, I could be old enough to be your grandma. Grandma, yeah, and he's just like, then yeah, they you make are. out. That's my thing. <laughs> you never know. Shit. And then we get those granny panties. Dog. <laughs> well, that is it for this episode. Is it? What's up, Mur? Is it? Really? Uh, you have something to say? Yeah. Take us home, Johnny. <laughs> Johnny boy. <laughs> Onward. Thank you for listening to this episode of Bringing Down the Grand House, a podcast where we discuss horror in media. Uh, we have a Patreon that you could subscribe to at a $2 level. Give us a recommendation. We are going to be releasing, or the episode will be released from our patron, Sean, that episode being Wolf Creek. Uh, $2 a month helps us out, as well as gives you a choice to review some media. Uh, we also have our socials, which you could follow us on any of the following platforms, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Give us a like, a follow on there, as well as review us on the Apple Podcast Review. We are streaming everywhere that podcasts are available, that being Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Music, the likes of which you already know. And uh, I'd say that's just about it. Oh, we also have t-shirts. Merch! Yes, you can buy a t-shirt. You can buy two t-shirts. 
can buy seven t-shirts. Buy a t-shirt for the whole family. They're on our Teespring, so buy check out. Check it out. We have merch available if you like the podcast and want to support us. It helps us out a lot. We have two designs up there: one with the logo and one with a sexy castle. Uh, also, follow us on OnlyFans. We're going to oh. be producing some Yikes. more Yikes. erotica content. I spread my <laughs> asshole for you. That's what <laughs> oh I do on God. our fucking OnlyFans. This only is my OnlyFans. Here's my butthole. <laughs> you can't that's, steal my joke. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It was literally your joke. But you uh, didn't quote me. I didn't even know that that, oh, quote Justine on our OnlyFans, show you my asshole. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Subs start at $15 a month, but you can get extra content for $5. Pay me $30, I'll stick stuff in it. Oh. <laughs> I'll stick your favorite horror action figure into my ass. <laughs> All right, time to find the Toxic Avenger figurine. Yeah! He's going for a deep dive. Uh, boy, you can't afford that. <laughs> Jesus Anyways, Christ. go okay. ahead, Mitch. Let's get out of here. Yeah, I'm Mitch. I'm Mur. I'm Justine. And I'm Jonathan. Thank you. Holy <laughs>